I'm E. I'm Rob. This is Oliver Rothstein. Welcome to the next movement, folks. Them top tier bars, I could go beyond it. I seen surgery scars that felt off when I went behind it. Charter flights out of Greece, she turned freak, she thought I was Giannis. Who knew in these beats that I could be honest? When I was pistol pee in the streets, for some days I was prone to violence. Now I write to in cool, like a quarter stylist. I put Peach Crescendo on a better biscotti, the quarter pilot. I can score without a touch in the floor, a Gorgon Tragic. A thousand perks to rush it up quick. Who wanted a Sonic? He needs a fix, I'm in the whip on Aramingo. Turning a Sonic. He want consignment for the food, but he still carry the balance. I put in work so that I can skate when I move. I carry with balance. I used to think that I was destined to lose, so I turned up the pilot. I'm turning one or two. They say God did it like Colin. The lot of cane compression will cut like a rain of Your favorite rapper falling. He died being iconic. Had a thing for ratchet bitches and bonnets. Who knew she could line it? They caught him with his pants down. They straight to the safe in the closet. But it was contractual paperwork and the label ain't make the deposit. That's why I'm married to the streets. I did my ring in the fire like Hobbit. I can carry like Frodo. Oliver Rothstein, thank you so much for coming through. We really appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. Yes, no problem, no problem. I appreciate y'all tapping in with me, man. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's just dive right in and talk about your newest project, which is called The Philadelphian. And that's a really appropriate title considering its content. It's it's a love letter to the city. And I felt that even before I read your words on Pan Camp, which are beautiful. The intro track features a variety of Philadelphia voices talking about their relationship with and experiences in Philly, both the good and the bad. And I just really appreciate how much space you gave this. Like the track is over three minutes long and it really allows the listener to take in what these folks are saying. How did you go about choosing who we'd hear from on this intro and why was it important to feature all this commentary at the beginning of the project? Uh, I appreciate that. That's a great question. Me personally, I, I felt as though just because the Philadelphian, it, it to me embodied what the city of Philadelphia was and just my aspect of it, my day-to-day, uh, just being a Philadelphian myself, you, you love to get insight, especially from people who you resonate with. So that's why, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm crate diving <laughs> for these, for these, for these snippets, but it's like, uh, Will Smith, Black Thought, um, speaking on, uh, uh, W.D.E.B. Du Bois speaking on. Um, just how potent just our, our citizenship is and just how we go day to day um, as Philadelphians. But I also wanted to add a, add a kind of a kind of a street component to it in a way. So that's why I wanted to put like Beanie Siegel. It was a it was a, uh, it, was a it was a it was a smoker from out of Kensington. But people 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 always like like to throw like kind of shade their way. But they are they experience life in a level that we could never, we could never experience. I mean, living on the street, yeah. having to go day to day, just to, just to facilitate a habit. It's hard, especially in a city. So I, I just felt like I needed to incorporate all of that just so that the people who aren't from here, they're able to basically embody themselves in the city. Like when I listen to every track, it feels like they're on, they're, they're on Kensington or they're on Allegheny Avenue. So that, that was, that was, that was the goal. The goal was just, just to make it robust, not really worried about like any comp constraints, but, Really put, really put as much as I could in regards to just people's tradition of their day to days in Philadelphia. Mm. Mm, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I really appreciate that as well. I mean, as we're talking about, it's a very Philly-centered album, and a lot of the folks from the home team pop up throughout the album on features. Oh yeah. 
there are two features in particular that feel important to both sort of the theme of the album, you know, a tribute to Philly, and I suspect to you personally, just as a member of the culture, I'm talking about Oskino on the books and vodka on winter. For any listeners that might not know, what is the significance of having these two artists on the album? Like literally my first radio interview, I was in Poconos and they asked me, who is your favorite artist of all time? And I said vodka and they're like, well, who's vodka? <laughs> and so many people, they haven't been introduced to him, mm-hmm. but in regards to just hip hop and what he's done for, especially people who are in the city who were tapped in like in that underground market at the time when he was rapping, uh, it was invigorating. Like to me, it, it made me it made me feel comfortable with being intricate with being a rapper. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I will always give him inspired. Even today, like I I I I'll, I'll, I'll send him a message or give him a call and let him know, like, listen, you 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 got me on this type of time, and and, and I feel like a lot of people from the city, especially in Philly, they they appreciate that. They understand the gravity of Vodka and what he's able to do. He, it, it was like the cards didn't line up for him in regards to like. You know, structuring your deal and getting all those things together to where though he could build that catalog. But like the people who were really tapped in, it was like it was it was it was it was a, it was a time, man. It was a time. I liked how you used the word intricate. I was watching some of the Too Hot for the Streets like freestyles this past week, and that is what stood out to me. Just uh, intricate in his style. And that was and that was literally it, it, it impressed itself upon my style so much, just because again at the time people. It was like a certain style. Like when you heard Philly freestyle rap, it was like a certain way. Like a lot of people sounded the same, but like vodka, it was just like you get something different every single time. It's like a mystery box. Yeah. Every every single verse is a mystery box. With Oskino, was it just about getting someone from state prop, or was it something about Oskino in particular? Me, me personally, I always I'm like a I'm like a connoisseur of like high lyricism. So like when when the opportunity presented itself for it to be Oskino, it was like I had to hop on it. Like it was, it was more, it was more of a nostalgia thing for me. Mm. I didn't have anyone like in particular that I wanted, but I just knew that Oskino, in regards to his lyricism, is high level. So it's like that's every 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 time I think of a feature, that's what I think of first. It's like who's going to perform the best on the track. And at the time, it was like Oskino was going to be. It's going. It's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great situation. So we was able to get everything together, and I, and I appreciate. Oh, um, he's he's like he's so enthusiastic to just correspond with new artists and people that's coming up the pipe, and and and, and going through the industry and dealing with a lot of people. It's it, that's a rarity. Like you hear a lot of people like oh, with your budget and things of that nature. It's like man, let's send it over. Let's work. And nice. I appreciate him for that. Shout out to Oskino Vasquez for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we're talking about how Philly this album is. But then we get to Faucets, which is a dope track. Oh, yeah. You got Ito and 38 Special on there, not from Philly. How did that happen? Man, I, I just, uh, with uh, I made a, a previous album called Brick and Mortar, and I uh, I reached out to Ito. It's uh, produced by Vinny Idol, and um, Ito was just enthusiastic. They got work together, and he was like, oh, man, that's my twin. So it was like, once I told him I had the Vinny Idol, uh, the Vinny Idol track, he was like, man, listen, make your way up Rochester. So uh, we went up Rochester and we shot a video, but like once you start to like actually pull up on some of these rappers and, and pull up in there, pull up on them in their environments and start to build that rapport, um, you build a relationship. So once I told him, listen, I got this album coming up. I mean, I, people, people say you should get only people from the city for features, like get only Philadelphia features. But I'm like, yo, 
faucets, the just the context of this song, I need Ido on this, man. I need Ido on this. So he he was he was he jumped at the opportunity. And um, you know, they got a relationship like that, Rochester connection. So he uh he plugged me in the spec and then it, it was a match for me to have it. Yeah, it's a dope track for sure. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, yeah. man. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. What do you think you're saying about Philadelphia on this project that hasn't been said before? And do you feel like you're capturing the city in a unique light? I feel like I'm I'm capturing the city in my own unique. You know hmm. what I'm saying? Like just because everyone 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 comes from a different walk of life and they experience things differently, but like like just being that street savvy and just being in the mix and it's a whole different side of Philadelphia that most people won't get to experience. I am poor people. Don't try to go experience because it's not it's not like it's <laughs> yeah. not like fun and it's fun and rainbows. You get what I'm saying? But it's like yeah. a lot of people out here, um, they're struggling and and, and they do what they got to do to survive. So I feel like I embody that with the Philadelphia. Mm. Uh, along the same lines, like what do you what do you hope people take away from the project as far as Philly goes? Like what do you want them to know about Philly? The first thing essentially that I would want them to know about Philly is that. It's beauty in our struggle. You mm. get what I'm saying? Like everyone, like you, you, it's a rough town, but like when you correspond with anybody from the city, um, they all had a unique story, and it's worth listening to. Yeah. And, and and that's what and that's what the Philadelphia is. Even with the features, you listen to Vaca, you listen to Osino. These guys are telling their own story about the things that they've been through in the city. You get what I'm saying? And to be able to put a compilation of songs is just different stories of Philadelphia and what people go through and people getting arrested and people having to sell drugs and people getting into shootouts and things of that nature. Not saying that that's all that Philadelphia encompasses, but I feel like it's one of the most realest versions of the city that you're going to get. So when you think about the creative work that went into the Philadelphian, the process of putting the album together and then engaging with the album once it was finished, do you feel like this project further strengthened your relationship with the city? Were there moments when it made you look at Philadelphia differently? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as I was making the project, it would be times I would just, <clears throat> I would just go to different parts and just sit and just hmm. bask in all the all the all all the all the things that the city had to offer. Whether it be the smells, the sounds, the people, it just gave me just a level of invigoration that I just I was just so enthusiastic with making this project because it was like I feel like the city needed it. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, I, I don't know. It's just my own thing, but I just I just feel like people need to hear our story, and, and the yeah. more and more they hear our story, the more and more that they'll tap into what we got going on, and the more and more they'll take us seriously. Like whether mm-hmm. it be in rap, whether it be in any industry, like Philadelphia, we go hard at everything. We and we're so and we're such a close knit community, and we're such a close knit community because we struggle collectively together. Mm-hmm. I was at an event the other night, and. Um... Somebody asked me, like, when you think of Philadelphia, what do you think of? And the first word that came to mind was community. So oh, I yeah. feel like I feel what you're saying deeply. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's talk uh, some more about the, the content of the album. I, I want to talk about the interludes and the intros. Um, <laughs> and and I, I'll, I'll include the previous project, Kuth, in this also. Uh, the oh, yeah. interludes are just so good to me. I think they really reflect like this per- perspective that you bring in your writing. They're poignant at times, like sincere and serious. And then there are others that they're just really blunt and re- re- reflect a certain like average Philadelphian perspective, like the, the Mr. Simmons and the Bucky I know, both of which are hilarious. Just an aside, like I remember during the pandemic, 
being in Center City when the Ben Simmons shit was going down and just one dude holding up a poster, a protest sign that just said, fuck Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure he would appreciate your interlude on this as well. From your point of view, what function do these interludes serve? For one, I think it gives a bit, a bit of a, a comedic relief, essentially what an interlude is supposed to do. But again, it also just encompasses who we are as Philadelphians. Like you get what I'm saying? Like somebody going that hard, like he literally said everything that everyone in Philadelphia felt <laughs> at, the, at, that, at that moment. You get what I'm saying? But yeah. it was so raw and it was just like, people were like, holy shit. But again, it was, it was, it was something that we collectively felt as a community. You get what I'm saying? Like, ah, sure. like we're, we're playing, we're paying you a hundred plus million dollars and you can't, you can't score more than five points. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like <laughs> you get what I'm saying? But I felt like that scenario just, just, it embodied who who we were as Philadelphians and what Philadelphia is as a city. As a city, yeah. I want to dig into the the Ben Simmons skit a little more. I mean, all the commentary on here is nothing that I haven't heard from Philadelphians about this man. But right. in listening to all these frustrations, it feels like it just wasn't about him falling off on the court, right? It just it wasn't just about him not being able to ball. Considering his behavior, it, it it's like you were also calling him out for not appreciating Philadelphia, and and oh, anyone yeah. and anyone else that falls in this category gets the same energy, right? I specifically thought about people who relocate to Philadelphia but don't invest in it. So when I heard "get this man mm -hmm. out of my city," it doesn't necessarily feel like it's only being directed towards Ben Simmons. I'm wondering if you were trying to convey a larger message here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But again, you, you hit it right on the button. We are a town that, again, we're following our sword and we and we and we and we rock out together. So when you got somebody who, again, we vested a lot of time, like it's people like those tickets are expensive. Like it's mm -hmm. people who are paying thousands of dollars who are just average working citizens are, are, are paying thousands of dollars to go see a good game. And and you just don't appreciate that. I feel like especially when you get to that level, it's hard to be cognizant of the people that's on that's that's little guy you get what i'm saying yeah but it's like for for, for, him to, for him to have performed the way he had performed again it was just like and, and that goes with anybody like you see anybody who's ever come to the city and just didn't appreciate how much support we were willing to give them like they seen the bad side of it they seen the bad side of the city and, and they lose they 100 percent lose our support but when you go to bat for us it's like you're indoctrinated into our hall of fame you get what i'm saying whether it's yeah. sports or or anything, you get what I'm saying. Even in hip hop, like we get, we get, you got the Black Thoughts and the Beanie Seagulls, and and those type of uh, a level of artists, um, we hold them in a high regard. You yeah. get what I'm saying? And, and, and they don't drop music as frequently as they used to, but in regards to their level of artistry, we always hold it in the, in the highest esteem. And that's why, and that's and that's why I love being from Philadelphia, and I love putting on for the city when I make my music. I want to talk about some of the lyrics on Badowski. You say they caught him with his pants down, went straight to the safe in the closet. But it was contractual paperwork, and the label ain't make the deposit. That's why I'm married to the streets. I dip my ring in the fire like the Hobbit. And you also reference Frodo, which I which I love. Um, <laughs> you said that so beautifully, man. I got you a round of applause for that. <laughs> I mean, it's clearly a critique of the music industry, right? But it also seems to be about valuing like a certain kind of independent hustle. Oh man! When it comes to the industry side of things, are you speaking from experience here, or is it just something that you have observed? I mean, just from—I mean, I, I recently signed a deal with Old Soul Music Group. 
Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to them. They've been like super and throughout this entire process. But um, yeah, I, I've had my I've had my own little horror stories when it comes to just dealing with certain certain industry executives and, and certain situations to where as though if you're not at a certain level or you're not you don't have a certain amount of monthly streams or followers or listeners, um, they don't talk to you with as much sugar, if that makes sense. You get what I'm saying? Like they'll put you on the back burner. They won't value your artistry and what you do as much as the next person who might have a hundred thousand monthly listeners or, or, or a hundred million streams collectively. You get what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's all algorithm. Yeah. So it's like when you, when you're talking to somebody who might be at a high level, but don't know the first thing about streams and analytics and these things, but they can put together a hell of an album. Yeah. It's like, you kind of, you kind of want the opposite ends of the, of the pendulum. So it's like me dealing with certain industry execs and in, in, in certain situations. I know I, I value my music super high. So when they're like, we're going to give you the basic deal and we want, we want a hundred percent masters in perpetuity. It's like, I got a degree in finance. So I know all of these contractual terms. So when he, when, when, when he try to give me like that basic deal, it's like, come on, man, like you wasted my time. Like, and it's not even necessarily about the money, but it's like, you want to, you want to go somewhere where you know that you're valued. Right. And that was the main thing. Are you um, actually a Lord of the Rings fan or did it just fit in the... Oh man, I mean, I've literally watched the series three, four times back to back. <laughs> I love it. I'm a super Lord of the Rings fan, like, and I love that bar because it was like, I'm like super imagery guy when I rap. <laughs> it's like I picture this shit. It is like so when I said that, like, I bit my ring in the fire, like Hobbit, like I literally like saw my hand like going slowly in the, <laughs> into the fire, like when Smeagol when Smeagol jumped off the cliff, it was crazy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I honestly can't think of another Lord of the Rings reference in a rap song, so I I really appreciated that. I felt I felt like I was the first one to do it too. Tell, <laughs> tell Soldier Boy I got him. I got up on. <laughs> <laughs> We've already sort of touched on this, but you know, you can't really paint a picture of Philly without talking about homicide and gun violence, something that we've seen really increase over the past few years. And you have a track towards the end of the album called "Woke Up Like This." Hey yo, he played the graveyard shift, then he misfires your prayer. It's Zoomy or Dopey, wonder why his father wasn't there. Yeah. But when times get hard and all he could do is go get a bear, plug for his check on his head for double his debt, then he got him married. I guess now, folks, the man of the house. Those survivors, he can facilitate the demand in the drought. He bought a pistol, he gon' make niggas understand what he bought. But if you slide, make sure you plan in your route. Cause most niggas don't come home if they get caught up in the closed circuit. The high before the drill, fucked up, killed the wrong person. Had to pray to a lot to repent and to find purpose. But the trenches felt like hell, and in the mix, it was no churches. Folks in that body you caught, they keep sliding, they ain't letting up. They kill you and take your life. Did you tell me what's the body just? The cycle in the trap. But for real, the problem was us. It's hard to keep waking up. It's hard to keep waking up. Yeah. The track like speaks to the gun violence in the city. And also seems to contain like a specific message for the city's Muslim population. And I was wondering if you could break this track down for us a bit. Yeah, I woke up like this uh, feature on one of my artists uh, from Alpha Media Group, uh, Tito. Um, yeah, and it's exactly that. Um, we got a lot of violence in the city right now in regards to just people just being, I don't know, it's just like a, a cloud of a, a maliciousness that we just can't escape. You get what I'm saying? Hmm. And a lot of the... Like even I even corresponded with some people who do like some uh, some 
some youth work in like some of the uh, juvenile detention centers, and it's literally filled with Muslim kids. Mm. Like literally, like mm. it's prayer rugs. Like I mean, like like cells are like six to a cell, and it's it's, it's a bunch of prayer rugs. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And 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 not to say it, it is a bad thing or a good thing, but it's just it's just the fact. It's just what reality is. Right. And so to have room, being someone from uh, from not from the city, be be able to be be in a different demographic and still be able to speak on the level of maliciousness that's going on in the city and even incorporate it with the Muslim population, he was accurate. You get what I'm saying? But at the same time, us being Philadelphians, we don't like people speaking on something that they aren't currently experiencing for themselves. Sure. You get what I'm saying? So when Tony mm-hmm. Trump um when he when he when he when he when he had his rebuttal video, he said that um you can't really speak on you can't really speak on the violence that's being perpetuated in the city, especially incorporating it with the Muslim population and not speak on the good things and the advocacy that they were doing mm-hmm. on the positive end as well. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And and he's absolutely correct about that. Like I see a bunch of initiatives, especially with the uh with the Muslim population, the more uh, science temple of America. Um, they they're, they're in the community and they try hard to again speak up speak up against violence and also um, advocate for the community, and it's something that it definitely needs to be spoke on. And I felt like that was the perfect, like that those snippets put it in a perfect context for the song. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. I want to go back to your comments about this album on Bandcamp. In the description, which is a, a letter to Philadelphia, you say the city has always been a rough town, but in that we found a level of profoundness few truly experience. There is beauty in our struggle and our story is one of pain and also triumph. I thought about these words and the relationship that they might have with the singing that's done throughout the album. When I think about how black people have historically expressed pain and triumph, they've done so through singing. And you can clearly hear that in black music. So it feels like that needed to be a necessary part of the Philadelphian for you to truly express how you were feeling and for the whole story to be told. Does that ring true for you? Yes, absolutely. And just with, like, when you look at just your average, like, run-of-the-mill underground hip-hop artist, like, they, they compartmentalize themselves. Like, mm. gritty rap, I'm going to stay in that gritty rap pocket. And it's like me, like, granted, I could rap and get into any pocket that I would like, but it was like, how 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 hard are you really trying to push your artistry? You get what I'm saying? I love yeah. singing. I wish I had Chris Brown vocals. <laughs> you, might, you, might not have, you might not have got out of the world scene, but it's like I'm going to essentially, I still have a tone for music, so essentially I'm going to try my hand at all levels of artistry, even singing. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of, especially with underground artists, they, they try to shy away from that. Like They feel like they're like too tough to like try to sing or harmonize or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like that makes, that makes, the music a lot more genuine and it makes it a lot more relatable because not every time you want to listen to a song it's like rap, pop, 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 I want to kill you it's like I want to get some vibes I want to be able mm. to you get what I'm saying I want to be yeah. able to like groove a little bit while I'm listening to the music and I try to incorporate everything with that uh, when I make my music yeah that's interesting to hear you say that there like there's a direct correlation between like people connecting to to your singing because you're just kind of going for it like there's some vulnerability in that i think Hmm. oh absolutely i I, I tell people uh, people tell me all the time like yo you should get somebody else to sing that hood and it's like (laughs) 
Nah, man, I really wanted to sing that, man. <laughs> hey, you just go for it. Yeah. yeah I respect let's, let's that. Keep it as is. Oh, yeah. Love it. There are several times on the project where, to me, it feels like you're speaking directly to the youth who might be listening to this. You're telling cautionary tales, giving a history of Philadelphia, and also providing them with what seems like a sense of hope for the future. So how's, how important is it for you to engage young people through your art? I feel like it's very important because, again, um, they're the next generation of everything that we're doing. So I feel like, especially with if you've experienced something and you know the good and the bads of it, um, you should do your best to try to shine a light on the things that you don't want the younger generation to experience, especially mm -hmm. in a negative light. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So the streets, like just this hostility that we're going through, like a lot of people have been through it. You get what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, you don't, you don't, you don't know what it's like when a judge is talking about 25 to 50 years, you 18, you never had a, you never had an apartment on your own or you never, you get what I'm saying? You never took a yeah. trip before, but you're looking at 60 years. You don't know what it feels like until it happens. And then it's like, I can't, I can't hit the reset button. It's not a video game or grand theft photo It's real life. And once they realize that it's, it's too late and it, it's, it's a tragic story it, and it's happening yeah. every day at a, at a, at a, at a, at a scary frequency and, and, and me being, me being on a platform that I'm on, I, I, I would be remiss to not at least try to incorporate some sort of wisdom in my music when I'm speaking to the youth. Hmm. I appreciate that. You mentioned earlier that you've signed with old soul music. It's a new label that is being run by LaRange, right? Yeah. I wondered what you could tell us about that decision. Um, again, uh, LaRange, he was, uh, he was very, very transparent in what he wanted to accomplish in regards to what he's experienced as a producer and artist himself and where the music industry was going in the future. You get what I'm saying? And um, big shout out to Michael Toll at, uh, at Mellow Music Group. Um, he put together a decade worth of, worth of great music. You get what I'm saying, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like once your once your once your uh, once your goals start to not align, you got to make a conscientious decision to say whether or not I want to step off and branch off and do my own thing. So um, at the top of the year, I was um, negotiating with Mellow Music Group, and that's how I initialized with Larange. And essentially, the, the term we, we 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 ended up not settling on terms, but. When LaRange left Mellow Music Group, he ended up making Old Soul, and like I was one of the first people he reached out to. It was like mm. I was there for the deal, and he gave me super transparency on on why it didn't go through how it was supposed to, and I respected him for it. You get what I'm saying? Like it wasn't it wasn't about the money or it wasn't about like the, the contractual agreement or anything. Man, I just want to make music, good music at that. You get what I'm saying? And, and it be heard and received well. Yeah. So when I relayed that message to him, he was like, "That's my main goal. Like I want to get I want to get artists heard." Uh, without them having to go through the rigmarole of like the industry and contractual agreements and all the things uh, a lot of a lot of artists get caught up in nowadays it's like no is it as much music as you send me i'll, I'll send it up and and it, it, what you do is based off of how much work you want to put in and ever, ever since you said that man i've been <laughs> i've been in the studio every day man just cooking just trying to put stuff together not necessarily rushing the music but it it, it, it when you finally have a platform to stand on so that people can hear it, it, it like it gives you a level of enthusiasm that you never had. Well, in addition to LaRange, you've had some talented folks really speaking out for you. You know, I've seen them on social media. I was actually put on to you. It's weird, but some cats from Detroit, I was put on to you for, by House Shoes. I heard it, saw him talking about you online. 
I've seen Quelle Chris talking about you. What's it like to have the ear of artists like that? Man, man, big, big, big shout out to House Shoes. Um, again, he was uh, he tapped in through uh, through Quelle. He was on tour, and um, he was his DJ for some of the stops. And as Quelle is on tour, he's just playing the music, mind you. I, and I'll be honest about this: I never heard of Quelle before this year. Like before, like before twelve months ago, I never heard of Quelle. And um, when I dropped Kuth initially. Um, Michael Parkinson, he was one of the main producers on the album. And he's like a, he's one of those producers, like he'll share it every day. Like he'll share it, listen, download, share it. Like he's one of those guys. And I guess one of those, one of those instances, Quelle came across Michael Parkinson sharing the music and he fell in love with the album. And he's like, yo, you got to get me in contact with this guy. He's dope. I want to reach out to him, this, that, and the third. And once, once he, once he actually corresponded with me, I'm like, listen, man, let's not get caught up in like the particulars, man. Let's just let's just work. Let's just cook. And we got so many, so many, I mean, it's gravitational tracks, man. Like, mm. like just to be like open with open and honest. Um, he sent me something with the Alchemist. Now it's rare that you get it's rare that you get a verse from the Alchemist, or let alone a beat. So when he sent that through, I mean, oh man, I'm putting I'm putting my best words together. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. When, it, when he sent me the follow-up video and I listened to Alchemist, it's like, wow, he's still able to do it at a high level 20 years later. Hmm. And it just, gave, it just gave me a level of nostalgia. It was like, I really love hip-hop. Hmm. Like, outside of the money and outside of all this stuff, I really love hip-hop. So yeah. it's been a blast, man, corresponding with those artists and them, them being receptive to the music. And I look forward to just working more and just creating more. I actually hadn't thought of it until right now, but I actually I think you and Quelle have some things in common, like as far as your style and and the way you rap. So looking forward oh, to hearing yeah. oh, looking yeah. forward to hearing the well, two of you together. Uh, it, it was it was funny, man. Once we once we actually finally corresponded with one another, it was like effortless. We got about like four or five tracks done. Like he's like super like secretive about like release dates and stuff like that. But me, it's like when it's done, I, I like to give it to the people, man. I'm not I'm not trying to like. <laughs> put the music in the safe or nothing like that. But man, we got so much, so much, so many good, good tracks done. It's like, I can't wait for you guys to hear it so that you can, again, I feel like hip hop needs great music at this point. Like, Yeah. As Rob mentioned earlier, the intros that you include on your projects are, are, are one of the things that make them so special. I think they really provide more substance to the story that you're, that you're trying to tell. So I want to transition us to your previous album, Kuth, for a little bit and talk about the intro that you included on this album. It's a recording of your friend, Chris Newsom, who unfortunately lost his life during the George Floyd riots in Philadelphia. This seemed like such a personal thing to feature, particularly because of your relationship with him. I'm wondering why you decided to share this with others and what impact were you hoping it would have on the folks who engaged with this project? Yeah, rest in peace to Chris Newsom. He was a dear friend of mine. Um, and it was, it was one of the, one of the few times I could remember me actually crying like a baby, mm. you get what I'm saying? And it was, yeah. it was such a devastating loss. And it, when you, when you go through that type of loss and that, that type of trauma, you always feel like you got some, some level of guilt towards it. Like you could have prevented it somehow. Maybe if I called him more, maybe if I, maybe if he was with me that day. And when that happened, I internalized it heavily. I'm like, oh man, like this is like I gotta get out of here. Like I, I went through all different types of thoughts, but one of the great things about Chris Newsom was that he was a he was he was an inspirer. 
he would inspire in, in, in instances where people would be demoralized. One of my low and high moments, uh, I built I built one of my first studios with my own two hands, and it was a it was a grueling process. Like I, like resources were were limited, like materials were going through the roof at the time, and it was like I, I would find myself get discouraged at times. And he and he came he came to the studio and he was like, "Bro, you built this with your own hands, and let me be the first person to tell you that I'm proud of you." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like you feel what I'm saying? Like you know. Like people, especially as men, like we don't really get that emotional when we, when we talk to one another. So for him to, for him to, again, give him, get, give that level of vulnerability and just say, listen, bro, like I'm proud of you. Keep working. I haven't looked back since. And when he lost his life, again, I was crushed, but it, it, it reinvigorated what I wanted to do with the music and everything that I wanted to accomplish because, again, he was one of my first supporters. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what he says on the intro, but the more or less he's saying don't let yourself be limited by anybody including yourself he would uh he was talking about uh russell westbrook how he uh how he scored a triple double three seasons he That's averaged right. a triple double three seasons in a row and it's like when you look at when you look at russell westbrook he's not like a 6'10 280 pound lebron james he's a smaller guy but for mm-hmm. him to be able to accomplish that feat when it when it when it hasn't been done and people say that he didn't have the ability to accomplish it it, it, it essentially embody everything that he, he was trying to relay with that message. He was like, listen, don't allow anybody to tell you you can't do anything because at the end of the day, the only person that could deter you is you. And yeah. if you don't let you deter you, then you can't be stopped. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that about Chris. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So when you rap, it often sounds like you're narrating a story. I, I told Rob before you joined us that it, it almost feels like I'm watching a documentary of some sort like and you're just like narrating it right like and i really felt that on the philadelphian you have this special way of delivering bars it almost you know like again it just feels like i'm watching some somebody like tell me a story and i really feel like that's what makes you so unique i'm wondering if this is a conscious effort on your part and if so do you think this approach better helps you deliver the message you want listeners to receive I feel as though that it's just that essentially that storytelling has been incorporated into my style of writing. When I was a kid, uh, my uh, my godmother, she used to make me and my sister write our thoughts on a paper, on a piece of paper, whether it was negative, good, bad, different, write it on a piece of paper. And we just got accustomed to writing, me and my sister. And once I got introduced to hip hop, it was like I incorporated that with the music. And I feel as though that I don't know, like when I when I rap, I tell a story because it, it, it forces itself upon the page. Like it, it's hard to just write down bars and it just makes sense. And it's just like punchlines and things of that nature. Like you want to essentially tell a cohesive story that people can relate to or people can essentially put themselves in that in that position and, and embody themselves in that situation. So that's what I try to really do uh, with the music um, because I feel as though it makes it a lot more relatable. It makes it a lot more... Um, spin worthy. Like, I want to listen to this. I think that that's a talent. Like, that's a skill. I appreciate that. Yeah. Pool, turn up the bars. Styles P. Super past my burn. Ghost in the ship. Then he pull out the next beat. 
D-Block, Double R, She Glutes, Kiss Her, what up? Yeah. Nigga, you know the rule, they say no game lasts. Get it quick like cocaine cash, blow up fast like propane Ooh. gas. Motherfucker, I'm dangerous. Gun talk is my language. Keep 245 stainlesses and pierce shoot the brains of the main witness. <laughs> Make dirty money clean like Sand Rothstein, Gangsta Sue, Fedora, Light Big Off money. Green. Take a look at the next dime since Gotti was Teflon. I swear to God, niggas get crept on. I put your brain on your man lap, cane on the Amtrak. Old ladies working they fan packs. Heard you got birds, your house getting ransacked. Nigga, fuck rap, I'm getting them grams back. No picture in style, sleeps and eyes and hoes. Kissing Benny, 50 and job beef. <laughs> me in the 38, he can't buy deep. Ghost, you too close, but you won't try you me. Won't that try little me. boy ain't lying when he cry out wolf. Cause everybody die, but it's fly out coops. I wanna know who better than me. Better than no me. dust, but I bust who wetter than, who me. Wetter than me. Yeah, I'm high, yeah, I'm drunk, and we're punk. What? Got a trunk full of guns and all that dump. That's right. Arm, leg, a leg, arm, all that thump. All that Every dump. verse is a mega bomb, y'all won't jump. If you do, I'll be glad to stop you. <laughs> The pop you, your man get it too, cause he think he hot too. Get it too. Hawk work or the three gun blow. Fucking with that stop P, you ain't know. Okay, I think it's time to talk about Styles P. I know you've been looking at me in the backdrop for so long. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm waiting on you. You better, you better talk, talk, yeah, talk. To yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every second half of the show, we talk about an album that's chosen by our guest. It's an album that is a personal favorite, one that's maybe been influential. And tonight we are talking about Ghost in the Shell by Styles P, which I believe is his third mixtape. So the first question I have is we're talking about this coming out in an era where physicals were still very relevant. Did you have a physical copy of this mixtape? I did have a physical copy of this mixtape. If if you're from the city, um, we used to have a... It was like a mecca of anything, whether it be too raw for the streets, whether it be um, come up show, any type of any type of like it was the it was the it was pre YouTube essentially hmm. on Fifty Second Street, and they literally would have everything that has to do with hip hop right outside. Like they had their own like stations outside, so like you would walk down the street, and you, you could have your pick of anything that was related to hip hop. I mean, it was one of the one of the most relatable pieces of music that I've ever listened to, even to this date, because it was like Styles P wasn't the best lyricist. He wasn't the, he wasn't the most marketable, but it was like, he was the hardest. Mm. And he said, listen, I am the hardest. And I will go, one of the biggest lines that I I, I take out of uh, one of uh, that project is he said, uh, he said, P P will go to war if I ain't have an ounce of energy. And I said, damn, Mm. that's so hard. (laughs) Because it's like, when you think about going to war, like you got to, you gotta rest up. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get gather your bearings and stuff like that. But he's like, man, I'll go to war without an ounce of energy. And I'm like, oh shit, I feel that. I feel yeah. that. It, it, Styles P, Styles P, man. <laughs> you know how it is. I love, yeah, Styles P. <laughs> yeah, that's the energy on here for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to say, yeah, I think this is the first mixtape that someone has picked as a project they want to talk about, right? Yep, that's right. Amazing. So thank you for that. I seen I seen the list you guys sent me of like the previous album and it was I mean super classics, but it was like if you didn't if you if you weren't tapped in during that mixtape era, like everybody was having a run, man. I mm-hmm. mean you talk about the little wings, the the, the state properties, the the, the, the the lots, and it was just a time like I remember uh Lloyd Banks 
he went on a super fire run. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, like even even today to still see him dropping that that high level of music. Um, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Yeah, that was a time. I, I feel like a lot of those mixtapes are better than some of the studio albums that those folks oh, put yeah. out. Sure. Oh yeah. Because because it's still timeless. I mean, people still talk about about the ghost ghost uh projects to this day. I mean, Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Machine. I mean, and half of those beats are like other people's beats on songs, but it's like yeah. right. it resonated so well just with the underground aspect of hip hop that I mean, anybody who's a true fan has heard these projects. Yeah, for sure. So when you picked this project, you said it's by far the most influential album you've heard in your life. You I mean you talked about how hard style sounds on it. Is that what has made it so influential or is it is more than that? I mean, I, I feel like he gave you every aspect of being quote unquote the hardest because like if, if, if you, like if you quote reference a, a track like leaving the game, like he, he tells about, he, he tells you about the things that he goes through, uh, being, being this like street level guy, but it's like, I really want to lead the game. Like I, I, you, you guys can keep it. I just, just give me a pound of weed and my name and I'll be good. Like I want to, I want to, I want to live a level. I want to obtain a level of peace that I can't obtain in the streets because it's so hard mm. and at the time everyone was going through it especially me so it was like when i'm hearing this and it's like yo i feel the same way like i wish i wish i had some sort of avenue or outlet to where as though i don't got to experience these things that i'm experiencing outside and styles p just he just he encompassed that on ghost in the show and i appreciate him to this day for that man because it was like it got me through a lot of tough times that mm. that that project got me through a lot of tough times in hearing you talk about this, it sounds like it was really relatable for you. And we've sort of talked about how your work has been that for people. And I'm just curious if other people have felt that way about this. Yeah. I mean, I, I had one guy, he works as a uh, grocer at a, at, a, at a supermarket in Montreal. And he said, uh, he said, bro, man, when, when you, when you release your project, this literally gets me through my shift every day. Hmm. And it's like, Hearing shit like that, man, I've never been to Montreal. I never, you get what I'm saying? I've never been yeah. in that environment. But for somebody to be from that from that demographic and say, this music gets me through my day. Yeah. yeah. If I don't if I don't make a, a, a red coin doing music, that fact in itself will make me continue to make music. Mm. Because yeah. I know that somebody will resonate with it. Resonate with it strongly enough to where as though it could be, it could be that battery that gets them through the things that they're going through throughout the day to day. Yeah. yeah. When you think about Styles P and the history of his work, do you feel like he's captured Yonkers in a similar way that you've captured Philadelphia? Oh yeah, most definitely. I feel like I still got a lot more work to do for Philadelphia just so that I could put on a, a level that <laughs> Styles P has for Yonkers. Like, I mean, like he 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 should be a heralded son at this point because I don't I don't know anybody specifically that has put on his heart for that section of Styles P has. I mean, like he, like nobody, like, like even like I don't know if you guys watched the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the versus concert with Dipset. Oh yeah, uh, I was just oh, yes. kind of thinking about oh, asking you about that. I mean, I mean, twenty oh, years later, you're able to see the congealedness and the level of camaraderie that the lots had, like even yeah. with the crowd. Like I mean, it was yes. a, it was a landslide blowout, and and we, and we appreciate Dipset for all the music that they put out for hip hop, but. It was like the locks got the streets, man. The mm. Locks got the yeah, streets. Yeah, they ran that shit. 
Oh yeah, and Styles P was he was an intricate part of that man. Like I feel like he was the one who was the he was the one who he was the enforcer. Like like Jada was the he was the like commercialized one because you get what I'm saying. He he, he had like some uh, some commercial success with some of his singles, but like Styles P was the one. Like he'll drop a mixtape and then go to jail. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, but no, Styles P definitely. Uh, He's one of the he's one of the he's one of the main reasons I I, I read to this day. Mm. What was it about Ghost in the Shell that was different than Ghost in the Machine or Ghost of Sapphire the Door? They're, I feel like they they're, they're all comparable, but just the, the one standout thing was Mortal. I don't know where you from, but I know where you going. Heaven or hell, whenever my shells is blowing. I got a problem with my anger. Learn how to squabble with a banger. I need money, then I'm following a stranger. The world is in danger to the day that I die. And I know I'm going to make it if I survive. And you can catch me in the vibe. My man shit lay low. We discussing our lives. Chill shit, yeah, yo. Rap is just a part of it. Reflect on the days when I did it for the heart of it. Shit ain't really change. I just stay on my heart and shit. Who feels now when y'all niggas hear me? I mean, like, I'm getting goosebumps just sitting here talking about it because, I mean, from the production to the bars. I mean, like, it, it, and we come, and this is the era, like, where, where, where we're getting like one verse songs. Yeah. I mean, Styles P is giving us, he's giving us so much on the song, and it's like, when, when I heard that, it was like to me, Styles P was my favorite rapper. Hmm. Out, of, out of everybody that was out, Jay Z, Nas, all the big guys, it was like Styles ended up becoming my favorite rapper at that time. Yeah, you, you talked about like him, like sort of defining being hard on the album. And one of the things that like stands out for me is just the way that he does that on a variety of different beats. Like there's so many different I mean, beats on this. I on mean, this album. party beats. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing it like he and that and that and I, and I feel as though that kind of gave him a level of validity because it's like regardless of the setting, regardless of the the production, or regardless of what's in front of me, I'm going to be this level of Styles P. I'm going to mm -hmm. still be the hardest out regardless of someone. Again, like they did stuff on the Cisco beat. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, who makes diss tracks on a Cisco beat? <laughs> Somebody can, that can really rap. For sure. Somebody that, exactly, exactly. I, and I love how how street this is, but, like, there's, like, De La made, made it on here. Like, there's a De La right. reference. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, it just, it yeah, like, I love that. Yeah, man, it just show it just it just goes to show like again like their level of artistry and how much they were tapped into hip hop themselves at the time. Yeah, yeah. I also just love Super Mario's signature. Like as soon as you hear that shit, you know something crazy about to happen. Yep, <laughs> I was just about to go crazy. Like, <laughs> yo, poops. Boobs and Mario. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't know if either of you know this, but he says something about ghostwriting on here. He says something like, if you needed a ghostwriter, you should have let us know. And I remember on um, the verses, like, there was that whole thing where Jada Kiss was like, I go, I wrote this shit for, for Puffy or whatever. Right, like, right. did they, yeah. they do that, like, collectively? Like, was that a thing? 
Did they write Brother I, Baker? I believe so. Because you got to think at the time of the people that they were around, like they were around a bunch of big producers and a bunch of big artists who, let's be honest, didn't have that level of artistry. They may have mm-hmm. had a lot more notoriety, but they didn't have their level of artistry. So, I, I, I mean, I could see, I could see a scenario where I might be in a studio and Jada might walk in, or Styles might walk in, and somebody says, "Well, huh, say it like this, or see if this yeah. sounds right." You get what I'm saying, and then and people just running with it. You get yeah. what I'm saying. I know it's super taboo for like rappers to say like, "Oh, somebody else wrote my verse," but I mean, it happens. Like, it happens in the industry. Yeah, I can't have nobody writing my verse. But thank you for clarifying. Um, more, power, I appreciate more, that. more power to them. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest part of the verses. Whenever they he sang, it, it was like the the fucking honey remix by Mariah, and they were Dipset was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he was like, "I wrote this shit." <laughs> Jadakus right. was like, "I wrote this," <laughs> and but I think Puppy was expect, yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't essentially expect a Jadakus to write. Mariah Carey, you right. know what I'm saying? So, like, no, not at all, not yeah. at all. And you, get, you, you get to see their level of artistry and just how multifaceted they were. Yeah. Um, when they were making making music at a high level. Yeah. So it's pretty obvious. Styles is your favorite member of the Locks. Oh yeah, most yeah. definitely. I really love Sheik Luch, man. I just love the mm-hmm. energy he brings to everything that he does. Sheik. She she grew she had to grow on me for it. It took a it took a little while for she to grow on me. Really? Because you got to think like it's the locks. Like you you're you're gonna you're somebody's got to be at the tail end of the, of, the, of the stick, right? He and I were at uh, Black Thought has his book out now. He's on this book tour, and the first stop was here in Philly, and uh, he was talking with um, Mark Lamont Hill, and um, during the Q and A mentioned that he's working on a project with Styles P. Right, which I had not heard. I thought that was interesting. No, I think, I, and I think that's just you got to think they've been doing it for twenty plus years. So mm-hmm. I think they still have a level of just passion for hip hop that they still just have like bucket listers. Like I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the same the same level of resonation that I have with Styles P, Black Thought has with Styles P. Sure. You get what I'm saying? Even though they were coming up around the same time, it's like they haven't really got a chance to really put. A compilation of music together, and I think that hip hop needs that. I would, man, I can't wait for that to drop. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I hope that's real shit. Yeah, for real. Right. I guess we'll I hope see. It's not like one of those like rumor albums that's like nothing, <laughs> nothing happened. Like it, it, it doesn't have any traction or not like that. But uh, if it, if it is in the works, then I can't wait. Yeah. yeah, that'll be. They're gonna eat that shit up. Oh yeah. Yeah, I hope it's not like Black Thought's first solo album, which we've been waiting for for. 30 years now all these something. little eps I mean, come yeah. on right. <laughs> right let's go but i did like his project with uh danger mouse mm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he's, he's put out some great stuff i'm not oh, mad yeah. any final thoughts on ghost in the shell if, if anybody listening hasn't listened to ghost in the shell go listen to it literally when you turn this off like literally as soon as like the credits drop go listen to ghost in the shell and again, it, it was it was one of the it was a turning point in my hip hop career where as though like I knew that I could do my version of hip hop my way and regardless of what other people felt that it'll be somebody out there that would be receptive to it. Just like I was receptive to Styles P and how he put together Ghost in the Show. Hmm. Yeah. It's still available free download out there. So 
Oh yeah, really? there's, no, there's no excuse. You can go get it. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Do people you download that music today? <laughs> Well, it's, on, it, it's, it's on Spotify. Do people still download mixtapes? The whole thing is not. I mean, I don't, actually, I don't know about Spotify, but I looked on Apple Music, and it's not the whole project. It's only. I see. It's only. It's like part an abridged version, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I see. I see. I see. Okay. Well, maybe I'll download the the whole thing if it's free ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. For thing. sure. I can't remember where where I got it from, but you can still get it. Okay. Cool. Well, Oliver Rothstein, this has been a great convo. Thank you so much for your time and your energy tonight. We really appreciate you. Uh, before we go, is there anything that you want folks to know where they can follow you on social media, any upcoming gigs that you might have or upcoming projects that you might have? Oh, yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank you guys just for tapping in and just, just giving artists like me a spotlight to be able to talk about hip-hop and kind of just go out of like the regular like itinerary of what podcasters and interviewers like to talk about you get what mm -hmm. i'm saying like you kind of mm -hmm. go outside of like what is how how are you inspired like what piece of music made you fall in love with hip-hop i feel as though like that was like such a great such a great segue it's like such a great question to ask especially hip-hop artists who uh who make who make good music like you want to know like where did that where did that where did this come from and um i appreciate you guys for asking that question because it kind of made me revisit um, Styles P and some of the things that he's done for me as an artist. And um, I want to thank you guys. Mm. Of course. Appreciate of course. that. That means a lot. Yeah. 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 And uh, if you guys want to follow me again, uh, my uh, Instagram handle is Oliver Rothstein. That's Oliver, O L I V R dot Rothstein, R O T H S T E I N. Um, on Twitter, it's Oliver Rothstein, same spelling. Um, and again, I'm, 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 I'm cooking a bunch of work coming. Uh, a bunch of quality Chris stuff. Um, just uh, again, just a bunch of good music coming uh, down the pike. So, uh, regardless if you tap in today, tomorrow, or next week, uh, you're going to be in fourth row. That. That's what's up. And I was just going to tell folks to check out the Philadelphian if they've not already. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. most yeah. definitely. Got to check out the Philadelphian. It's on all digital streaming platforms, uh, Bandcamp as well. If you again, if you if you want to be adopted into the city, uh, the city of Philadelphia for forty five minutes, <laughs> that's your introduction right there. Are there going to be any physicals? Oh yeah, I'm working on physicals right now. I'm talking to two different companies. I'm trying to trying to trying to ink the, you know, the contractual stuff out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's coming soon. Like I'm literally that's like my day to day is working on physicals. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah, man. I just want to thank you for representing the city the way that you have. And yeah. And uh, just being open and honest about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys. And again, if you guys ever need anything from me, um, I'm here. You guys got a you got a you got a lawyer supporter out of Rothstein, and I thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah, man, thank you. All right, folks. This has been the next movement. Thanks for listening. Peace. Planes, trains, automobiles. Chains, cocaine, and niggas that's real And the bitches is even realer Killer kids getting killed, it's a zoovy I tell them about the times it got spooky And folks was Mickey and Minnie and it got goofy I make them feel my pain on a loose leaf I ain't gonna lose sleep, lose money, or lose eat I just hope they don't lose hope This is the other me, the other me gonna be brand new Cut with a shampoo, the other me was example That was the other me, the other me was a handful That was another me, the other me was demand more I don't pee in a 
Jordans on. The other me had a pair of Porsches. That was another me, the other me with the pair of Jordans. Wherever I was at, she was gorgeous. She was gorgeous. Better believe it, I don't make believe it. It's flawless. flawless. It won't grow if you don't feed it. It's hungry. If you ignore it, leave it alone. It's lonely. It's lonely. It's lonely. They say still sharp and still. Yeah. But when the bullet hit the car door, could he still park the wheel? Yeah. When the killer go behind bars, says he's going to take the deal. Yeah. The fiend who lost the fill, the time release on a coated pill. Coded pill. Don't let him miss a mill. He's at the door like the slow machine. If you came up in the streets, do you already know what's real?